uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I want to get him to help me out with his last name. But let me tell you something. He's from, his business name is called Top Fence. And they just like develop fences, you know, all different types of fences. He's here in Florida, right around the corner from me. Maybe we need to go catch a Starbucks. We should have probably done this thing in person. That would have been awesome. I was on the road anyhow. But check this out. This is what, this is something that, uh, that he's been struggling with. He struggled with, or he had been struggling with. I think he's doing pretty well from the way it sounds. He struggled with uh, drug addiction for the past 12 years. And then uh, he had ended up, he landed in prison several times. He never wanted to look at any, look at, or never wanted to have anyone look at him, you know, and feel as if he was blamed or that anyone else would blame him. He just wanted to, he didn't want to become the victim. So he wanted to remove the blame out of his lifestyle. You know, he wanted to take full responsibility. He wanted, he didn't want to become the victim. So he decided he didn't want to be victimized anymore. He didn't want anybody to look at him like oh, this, this, that, and the other. So he took it all into his own hands and then he started to rebuild and build himself back better. I love that. I think that's inspirational. Wait until you hear him at this time. All right, bring it to the front, Joey. Man, Joe, that was an introduction. Got me even more fired up, man. I couldn't think I had more energy. I love that, bro. And I love what you started with, man. The victim. Man, I know what that was like, you know? I know what it was like to everybody else. It's everybody else's fault. And when I first heard your podcast called It Starts With Me, I was like, man, I wish I would have thought of that title because that's the reality of it, man. It starts with us. If I'm a victim, it's you. But when I'm a victor, it's me, bro. So, man, I'm so happy to be here. Hope it will bring some value to you and your listeners, man. Let's let's tear it up. I love that. I love that, dude. Let's get real. All right? <laughs> That's it. We're going we're gonna to get real, and it's going to start with us. <laughs> let's get real, and it starts with us. For real, man. I mean, listen, just to let you know, my background is really similar to yours. You know, drug addiction, into alcohol. You know, also having been into, you know, jail before, prison before, you know. So there's a lot of things that you and I have in common. As a matter of fact, I was just somewhere else and I was giving a speech and I let people know, like, if I were to take my shirt off, I could show you a wound in my back where my best friend stabbed me. All right. This Mm -hmm. is the real raw deal of, you know, individuals like us and where we come from. You know what I mean? That's right. What did it take to get you here? Man, it took a lot, man. You know what's crazy is it took me getting to a place that when you talked about the victim mentality, you know, you talked about that I was sick of being the victim. I mean, listen, when I turned 13 years old all the way to 26, my life was terrible because of everything else around it, outside circumstances. I don't have what I want because the world is not giving it to me. And I promise, even if I go back down that road today, I believe I'll go back on drugs every single day if I'm not focused on the fact that, hey, It's not about my outside circumstances. It's what's really going on inside. And that's what happened with Joseph. Joseph, at the age of 14, thought, I'm not living the life that I want to live because the world is not doing what I want it to do. And until everybody else changes, until I get you to be who you are supposed to be so I can be happy with myself, I don't want to be anything. I'm going to be mad at the world. I'm going to be angry at you. I'll be angry at my family, at everybody. And I promise the victim mentality leads to depression. And that depression to me led to just drug addiction. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to deal with my problems because there was so much anger, so much resentment inside that turned to unhappiness. And then once I found drugs could numb that, 
I really believe, man, I was going to do drugs for the rest of my life. I've said it before. I've said it multiple times to people. I'm going to be a drug addict, and I'm going to do this better than anybody else for the rest of my life. And I, I'll be honest with you, man, I tried. I really did. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, man, that's that's deep right there. So that was interesting also. I mean, how you just line that up, I don't know if people caught that, but you were like the victim and the victim mentality led to depression. Mm-hmm. That it, it led to depression. And then it opened up the door for drugs. There's like so many people, you know, they're in drug rehabs and everything. And they just try to kick the drugs. They're trying to kick the drugs, you know? And the thing about it is, is it's not always about the drugs. Yeah. That's a physical addiction. But sometimes what it is, is there's something on the inside that, that, you know, there's some loose wires on the inside that need to be reconnected. And like what you just said was like, I had this victim mentality and it took me down this pathway of depression. And because drugs were able to numb my depression, I started using. That's right. That, I mean, man, explain that a little bit more about, you, you know, the depression piece. Yeah. And you know, what you just said was, was very key. I mean, you take away the drugs, I'm left with me. And and I did that before. I promise you, I, I have done it. I, I probably was somebody over 100,000 times I told myself, I'm not using drugs anymore. And I would stop. And all of a sudden, I'm left with me. Now, now I got to look at me. And that was the biggest problem. I mean, even in the world we live in today, listen, if we're not looking at ourselves and we're not self-aware and we're not actually understanding that, you know what, any problem that I have in my life today, it starts with me. That's why the, and I'm not even using that as like a, it's a podcast thing. It's so true because we have a part in everything. So when Joseph got off of drugs, he was still left with himself. He was left with the pain that he dealt with. I was left with all the things that I've done in my life thinking that, you know, I was a thief. That's what I went to prison for because if I didn't have my drugs, I had to get money for it. And I didn't care if it was my mom, my dad, my brother, whoever it was, I didn't care who it was. It's just you had money and I needed that because that's how I got to run from myself. Drugs were not my problem. Alcohol was not my problem. Today, if I am still not looking at Joseph's faults, if I'm not, if I'm trying to blame other people and I, I go through a problem in my marriage, in my business, in my community with my mom and dad, and I see there's a problem happening in my life, If I start looking at what the other person needs to do, and if they just did that, if they just did this, I promise you, Joseph will become not close to depressed, but I'll say I'll get self-centered. And if I don't catch it right away, what I start to do is I start to stop thinking about serving other people now, because now it's the world against me. And, And that leads to, that'll lead to drugs. But what's crazy is the drugs didn't cause that. It was the root of what happened. And what I found in recovery, which was amazing, and that's why I love the program of recovery, because when you get off of drugs, they don't just say, okay, you're sober now, great. Like I came into the rooms of recovery and I was sober, but what I was really wanting to do was look at Joseph's life. Where are my fears? What are my character defects? What's my relationship with my higher power? What are some things in my past that I have never dealt with and I never discussed? Because as soon as the drugs are gone, I have to uncover all that stuff. I have to get all that stuff out. And now I understand how Joseph reacts to stuff. And that's what Let's Get Real to me is about. I still have to do that today. I don't take, I'm not on drugs. I've been sober five plus years. But again, the problem was not drugs. The problem is Joseph. 
And it, again, it starts with me, man. I have to look at myself. And it's funny, man. Just just recently, my wife and I got in an argument. I'm married. We got kids. Yes, congratulations. I'm married, and we get in arguments. It's real. <laughs> and and what's amazing about it is there's even times when I get in an argument with my wife, and I get in that habit. I'm human, right? I get in the habit where I'm starting to think, man, if she wouldn't have said that to me, I wouldn't have reacted the way I did. And it never works out. It doesn't resolve anything. I'm still angry. I can't change my wife. I can't change other people. But as soon as, and thankfully it's like reps. You know, when you go to the gym, it's a lot easier to pick up that weight when you've done it before. So it's just reps. Some days it takes me 30 minutes. Some days it takes me five. Sometimes I'm hard-headed and it takes me a week. But as soon as I stop and I say, what could have I done differently? How could have I responded to her when she said that to me? Whether it was right or wrong what she said. I can't change that. I can only change how I respond to that. And that's my big passion is for people to start looking at themselves. But today in today's world, man, we don't want to do that. It's scary, right? It's uncomfortable. I don't want to look at myself because we also have fears of ourselves. If I start looking at the things that I'm wrong, maybe I'll start thinking less of myself. So instead, let me use pride and ego to feel better. And that's just real. That's just me being honest and real right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) I love that. You know, that's like something that, that's one of my philosophies, right? Something that I, I teach some of my clients. It's like, listen, the, one of the first things you have to understand is that you can't change other people. Like, you want, if you can learn this and really stick this in your mind and in your heart, that you just cannot change or control other people. You have no power over them. You just got power over yourself. At that point in time, you can really make some great changes inside your life. And I love that that yeah. you're like, you're experiencing all these things. You're like speaking it so easy and so freely, which means that it's a part of your lifestyle. And it has know? to be. And I'll add to that too, because what you just said is you can't change people. And this is what I say. My happiness is up to me. My joy is my job. So I never want to give somebody else power over my life. So I don't have my joy. That that means you're giving that person power. And and honestly, I, it works for any situation. You know, I'm in business also, so we have to deal with customers sometimes, employees. If somebody treats me the way that I don't think I'm supposed to be treated, and there's entitlement there, of course, we can get deeper in that conversation. But if I allow how somebody treated me, what they said to me, how they reacted to affect me, I've now given them power over my own happiness. They're stealing that from me. And mm-hmm. once I realize it's not up to me how people treat me, but it's up to me how I react to that. That's what I control. I can't control what you say to me, Joel. I can't control anything of that. But what I'm in control of is how I react to that. And that's when you start the road to, it starts with me. I'm in control. You can't change that. You can't steal it from me. Yes, I love it. Tell tell your sound guy to come in there and drop the mic for you. <laughs> I don't want to drop the mic. This is expensive, bro. I don't want to drop it. <laughs> don't drop that one. Don't drop that one. Tell him to bring in a tell him to bring in a less expensive mic and drop that one, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a hookup here, man. It's a good setup, man. I love it, man. I love it. This is dope. It, I mean, you're you're like really bringing the fire. You know what I mean? And I think the the thing about it is like is it is because you're real. You know what I mean? But you're genuine and it's obvious because the way you speak comes from a place of knowledge, of understanding, and more importantly, acceptance. You know, I mean, how did you get there? How did you get what or what was the breaking point that really made you say, you know what, forget it. This is going to be the new me. 
Yeah, and that's a great question. And you know, like all the things you just said, like, yes, today I am. But the reason I am today is because for a long time I wasn't. And, and that's why my passion is how do I help people? And, I, and what I speak about is things that I dealt with. Like when I was just talking about blaming other people, it's because I've done that before and I've learned how to overcome that. So for so long of not being real, you know, and it, it, for me it all started, you know, and it's funny as, as I, the more I've done, you know, talking about myself and, and I still do like a deep dive into my life, I realized that things started at an early age for me. I really had a problem to really tell people what I was going through. I never did. I didn't want you to know what was going on inside because I felt like you would judge me. I felt like it would make me less than. You know, I struggled with always thinking it's still a fear of mine today. Am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Now, today I know how to control that and I know when certain things happen, but it wasn't always like that. And it started when I was six years old. I was molested for three years. And when it happened, you know, people ask me, man, did that really impact you? And as crazy as it sounds is the only thing that it did to me, because when it happened, I, I was taught by my family, we're a Middle Eastern culture, we didn't talk about it. Nobody, like it was kind of shocking to me that nobody came to me. Now, I didn't, I'll be honest, man, I didn't deal with traumatic things. I don't think that was the reason I got high. But all I know what that did was it taught me that we don't talk about our issues. Leave that on the inside. You don't need to bring that stuff out. And that's where it started. You know, when I was dealing with, I moved from Detroit, I moved to Florida, up north, down south, very different. I was an athlete. You can call me a popular kid because I played sports. Then I come down here and I'm a nobody. I don't know who I am now, but what I also learned was, okay, I just want to be accepted now because I'm so used to having so many friends. Now I have nobody. Well, I want to be accepted. And what I did was I allowed, I allowed myself to change so you could accept me. So when I hung out with the athlete guys, I became an athlete. When I hung out with the guys who sagged their pants and wore long t-shirts, I was that guy too. When I was hanging out with the party people who just want to go party and drink, I'll be like that too. So Joseph became like 18 different versions of himself. And then all of a sudden, every night you're left with just you. And what's crazy is I never knew who I was. So that built up a lot of resentment and anger because I always thought that the reason why I don't know who I am is because my dad moved me to Florida. If my dad wouldn't have moved me to Florida, I would be happier. If my dad would have done this, I would be happier. You know, if I wouldn't have went to this high school and I could have played on that team, and that's where it started. It started with me blaming everybody else. And then that's when I started to use drugs. I first found opiates at the age of 14. And every single day, that's all I did. I chased opiates. And, and, and then got to a point, honestly, where I said, you know what? It's the world against Joseph. So when I stole from you, as sad as it sounds, I didn't feel bad. When I would, when I would follow my dad wherever he went, because my dad had to take a briefcase where he had his money with him because he knew he couldn't leave it in the house because his son's going to steal it. And I would find out where my dad goes and I would get the money. I almost, what I would say, and the truth is, I would say, my dad is so dumb. I can't believe he was that dumb to actually leave the spare key. That's how lost I was in the anger and resentment I had against the world because the world didn't give Joseph what he wanted. And then I went to prison at, a, at an age because I was stealing. I, I went to prison the first time at 18. And it was the same thing. I, I still didn't change. I blamed the prison system for why I couldn't get a job when I got out. You know, I always blamed other people. Now, back to your question, the turning point, I went to prison again at the age of 21. And when I turned 24, in prison, there's, a, there's like streets in, in, in an incarcerated place. Like you're just an enclosed, you take the streets and put it in a cage. And that's exactly what prison was. And I was sitting in a 10 by 10 cell. And there was an individual who has been to prison. He's about 60 years old. He's been to prison his whole life. And he told me he's been to prison by eight times. 
And this is my second time in prison. I got about four months left of my prison sentence before I come home. And he looked at me and he said, Joseph, you're gonna, this is exactly the path you're on, man. You're going to be just like me, bro. And I remember when he said that, it was the first time that I said, oh my gosh. Like you would think I reflected on my life before. I never really did. But at this moment, I said, if I don't change something, then I'm going to be like this guy. And I don't know if this is what I want. I'm already about to be 25 years old. I have multiple, multiple felonies. If you really counted them up, it's about 85 because they bring up other charges. But I realized I, there's something that has to be different. And, and then I started reading books. Like I almost felt like a kid who didn't know anything. And I didn't know like, you know, I still had a little bit of anger and still had things that I was dealing with inside that later on in, in my recovery journey I uncovered. But one of the first books I picked up besides the Bible was it was a Stephen Covey book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in this book, Stephen Covey talks about begin with the end in mind. And if anybody hasn't heard this, I would encourage you to do this because it's the one thing that I still do today to help me stay on track. And what he talks about in the book, and this is my life-changing moment. He says, I want you to close your eyes wherever you're at. If you're driving right now, listen to this, please don't close your eyes. <laughs> but close your eyes and envision yourself. Take yourself there. You're walking into a church. Everybody's wearing black. It's a funeral. And when you walk up, there's a casket up in the front. You're walking by everybody here. People are emotional. People are in tears. People are going to start speaking on the person who's inside of that casket. When you walk up to the casket, that's you. What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? What is important to you? And I never thought of that. I never thought about who I wanted to become. I was just always afraid of who I didn't want to be. And when I thought about who I didn't want to be, I looked at, you know what? This is actually who I am. Everything I never wanted to be is who I became. I didn't want to be somebody who wasn't trustworthy. I wasn't trustworthy. I didn't want to be somebody who they couldn't, nobody could depend on me or said Joseph was there for me, and I wasn't. So I started focusing on what I wanted to become. And then I came home from prison, and I had so much regret to my, for my family of what I put them through that I actually started for three months to just live a life that they wanted for me. And after about three months, whatever my dad wanted for me to do, I did. My dad said, come to church with me, but when you go to church, I don't want you to tell everybody you were in prison. Tell them you were in Michigan. And I did that. And again, here I go again, running from Joseph. But I'm doing it now saying I want to please other people. I want to please my dad. He deserves it. You know, it was almost to the point where I almost moved back to Detroit to open up a dry cleaners with my dad, which is something that I definitely wouldn't want to do. Detroit wasn't a good place for me where I was in my recovery, but I wasn't even paying attention to what's good for Joseph because I didn't even know yet. So I was just trying to please my father. And after three months, it was almost like an epiphany moment when I realized like, you know what, if I'm going to live a life that other people want me to live for other people, I may regret and resent them. You know, if I just keep going down this path that my father wants me to go, and it wasn't a bad path, right? But it just wasn't the path that I felt like God had for me. You know, it wasn't the path that I felt like I wanted. And at that moment, I made a decision. I made a decision to say, Joseph, you're going to create your life and you're going to be responsible for it. If this choice is going to be good or if it's going to be bad, hey, if it's wrong and I made the wrong choice, I'll own it though. I'll own it, I'll learn from it, and I'll be accountable. And that was the first time that Joseph really said, you know what, I'll take the pressure. I'll say it's up to me. Nobody else can do that. And what's crazy about it is you think it's pressure? It was actually freedom. That was the first time I felt freedom in a long time. And I will give that relationship to my higher power a big note because without that and knowing that, you know what, no matter what happens, that God's allowed things to happen in my life and my past. God's a, God, even if I fail and make a mistake, if someone takes my business from me today, 
and I got to start from scratch. I know it serves a purpose and I, and it allows me to keep moving forward. So it's kind of like a long winded answer, but that's the best way I could answer of how I started to really say, Joseph, you need to be accountable. It needs to start with you. Hmm. Man, I'm telling you that was powerful. And just this, I mean, just for you to sit there and to, to know exactly those words, Joseph, this is your second time in here. You just like me, bro. Yeah. That's, that's impactful. And I mean, I'm hoping that everybody, the audience can hear that, you know, sometimes these epiphanies, these instances that we're looking for, or, you know, this, it's, it's not always this glamorous thing that comes, you know, like the movies and it's like, Oh, I'm going to lift you up and stuff like that. It can be something extremely, extremely simple. A couple of words we had a guy on the show one time. He said it was seven words that changed his entire life, you know, and to hear you, I think it was like six, mm-hmm. you know, six or seven as well, you know, that changed your life. You know, that's yeah. powerful, man. You, you made, you made mention of something about all these 18 different personalities and how, when you came out, you still had this, you still had this pleasing type of personality. And I look at those things as like being masked, you know, people wearing masks, you know, always trying to cover up who the true person is, you know, what was it like removing every last one of those layers of individuals of Joseph, uh, Joseph personalities that were just there to please everybody else? So I'll say, be honest, man, it was it was a little bit scary because change is scared, right? Changes. It was almost like I had to start new. You know, and, and what happens is sometimes I felt for me, speaking for myself, that when I was somebody else, I almost felt like it was better than trying to be who I was because I knew I had things that I am not good at. I knew I had some regrets that I've done. So at a time, it was almost like I, it was the first time I had to look in the mirror. And, and that's what, why I say let's get real because it is scary sometimes to look in the mirror because you see the flaws. But it's like when we go to high school, Right, and you have a pimple on your face, and you walk into high school, and you're afraid everybody's looking at your pimple. And what I always say is, they got zits too. You know, everybody's got pimples too. And when I started to realize that, like, okay, hey, what are some things I'm good at? At first, I was a little bit afraid because I had my own fears. You know, I had some things in my past I haven't dealt with yet. You know, I, I had some. I know I've I've done a lot of stuff that I regretted. I had a lot of failures in my life. But for the first time, and I'll never forget it. I was listening to Eric Thomas, and they call him the hip hop preacher. And he said, if you're going to cry about your pain, you're not giving it a purpose. If you're already in pain, you might as well do something with that pain. And I heard that and I said, it's similar to like the seven words. It was like, there's so many things that I've heard that I was like, this is what's going to help me catapult. So once I started to uncover those layers, now I had to really understand about Joseph. And I had to deal with the things that happened in my past. That was the first route was now that I don't know who I am, now that I don't know who I'm supposed to be, what does the world want me to be? I just had to create that version for myself, whether the world accepted it or not. And once I got, and, and the other thing that helped me a lot was I had so, I was afraid of going back to drugs. I was scared of it for the first time in my life. Like, like till this day, I'm afraid of going back. And it was that fear that catapulted the, cause I knew if I'm not going to be me and I, I'm going to be all these other people, like in, in some people, it's not drugs, right? Maybe somebody listening right now, they're not going to drugs, but maybe they're going to pornography. You know, maybe they're going to having to buy stuff to make themselves happy. 
You know, maybe they feel like they have to buy a new BMW to impress the neighbors because that'll make them feel better about themselves. But you said something that was very, that that was, that made a lot of sense. They're masking it. And that's one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to mask my shortcomings. I don't want to mask my insecurities with other stuff because eventually you start wearing other masks and other masks. And when you look in the mirror, you don't have that mask on. And I look at Joseph and I don't know who I am anymore. And I feel if I get to that place, I'll be back on drugs. And again, maybe for somebody they're not on drugs, but I want to be able to look in the mirror and say, I do know who I am today. I do know, what did I do wrong today? You know, is there somebody that I possibly could have done something differently today? So unmasking all those other people was realizing like, I'm not them. You know, I'm not Joel at Tenacity Foundation. I'm not Ed Milet. I'm not Gary V. I need to be me because the truth is this, I'm, I'm spiritual. I talk about God a lot. God created me specifically. I know he did. He And things that happened in my past, me being molested, me having to steal from people, me having to serve prison, my family having to deal with coming to visit me in prison, you know, me having to now be a convicted felon. There's a lot I can't do. If I look at the victim side, I just know God allowed those things to happen. And if he allowed those things to happen, I know it's not for bad, it's for good. So now mm-hmm. I, I understand that, you know what? I got to walk my journey with God. I'm in a rowboat with God every day. I'm going to row. I'm going to allow God to steer. And and it was just slowly, man. I always say this. It's one day at a time. It's one day at a time. I know it's a recovery saying, but if everybody could just think about that, it's just, it's one day at a time. How do I do that today? How do I understand who I am today? And, and it's still a thing. I, we can still get distracted with the world and want to be somebody else because we think we're not good enough. I still have those insecurities, but I have to deal with it every day. It's a battle. You're not going to work out and get muscles by going to the gym once a day or once a week. You got to go every day. You got to keep doing these things. You got to keep working your muscles. You got to keep eating healthy. It doesn't stop. Until I die and I'm in the ground, it's not going to stop. Every day I have to look at myself and say, am I becoming the person God created me to be? Or am I becoming what the world wants Joseph to be? And I think that's very important. I need people in my life to keep me accountable. I have a coach. I just hired a coach that I can talk to to help uncover these things, to make sure that I'm not allowing the world to change Joseph. Because that's my thing. I don't want to, they always say, you know, one day I don't want to meet God. And he says, this is the person, Joseph, that I created you to be. And I don't know who that guy is. He's he's somebody I've never met. <laughs> I told you, man, I'm fired up today, man. Oh, I love it, man. I love it, man. You're just like a poet. You know what I mean? You're just stringing these analogies together so well and with such ease. I absolutely love it. I, you know, I, I do want to take a moment for everyone to just think about these these few things because one of my questions was, one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, what was it that helped you to get this freedom? And then you started mentioning books. You said the Bible, the seven habits of highly effective people. Then you started mentioning that you were listening to Eric Thomas. Then you mentioned Ed Milet. Then you mentioned Gary V. Then you mentioned you hired a coach. It's like you're doing all these things to help develop the mindset, not so that you can be like these people, but so that you can open up yourself to understand exactly who you are. And I think that that's part of the process. But let me ask you, would you agree? Oh, 100%. You know, it's it's funny. Why I started my podcast personally was because when I got out of prison, I didn't have anybody in my life. I didn't have good mentors. I didn't know how to live life. But there's YouTube University. 
You know, these are things that actually literally helped me. Like when I first found Eric Thomas, I was fired up. If anybody's ever heard Eric Thomas and you hear, man, he makes you want to run through a brick wall. And I would always wonder, man, these guys that are doing this stuff and they seem so happy. Like that's what I was searching for. Like, why are they so happy and fired up about life? And the one thing I found the most, what they were doing is serving other people. And that was my first mission was how do I get to a place where I serve other people? And if you don't know, like it's always, I always say, you don't know what you don't know. Like I dropped out in ninth grade. I'm not, I don't have a college degree, you know, to open up a business, but I was able, like, I just wanted to learn more, but I also didn't judge myself. Like, and I think that's another important thing is like, as you're going on this journey, when you're talking about it starts with me. And, and I know people that are listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast, it call, it's called, it starts with me, which means you're open to actually looking at yourself. Well, the one thing I always say is, hey, don't judge yourself when you're doing that because that's what I did. I would judge myself when I looked at this stuff. Like I used to judge myself that I never owned up and I never stood up when I was molested. And I was six years old, six to eight years old, threatened when it was happening, you know, that I'd, I would always look and like, man, you know what? That did happen to me. You know, so you start to look at yourself and think about the things you could have done differently. And what you, what I, I caution people against is do not judge yourself because that's something you can't change. There's nothing you can change happened to your past. But now I understand, okay, well, why did that bother me? You know, and that's why I really think it's important to have a coach or maybe somebody in your life that you can discuss with or talk to. Or even if you're just in these thoughts, is don't be so quick to judge yourself, man. If you started a business, you know, or you're a single mother or you're a father trying to make it in the world and try to provide your family and you start to look at yourself, it's okay to see the shortcomings, but please don't judge yourself in those moments. Know you're a human being. Every single person's going through something. Every single person has shortcomings. Listen, I'm a terrible dancer, and when I, I can't draw. Like, there's so many things I'm not good at, you know? So when you're looking at yourself, just don't judge yourself. It's okay. Understand, hey, if you're not good at that, and then now get to that place where how do I get better? And that's where the reading the books you talked about and listen to podcasts. Get on that place because I worry people when they start to look at themselves, they, they get in this depressed mode because they're judging themselves. And what I would say is if you get to that place, start reading some books and start wanting to get better so you can learn from that area. Hmm. Very good. Very good. So you said don't judge yourself in that in that aspect, you know, but just kind of like take account of what you're what you're good at, what you're not good at. And then you can start practicing or learning how to get better at it. And I 100 percent agree with that. There was something else that you said a while ago, and it kind of made me chuckle. And so I want to get your take on this as well, because I'm 100 uh, percent behind self-development. I love that. I absolutely love that. You said they got zits, too. And I was like, <laughs> you couldn't say that any better. You know, you're going to school and you got zits on your face. It's like, I don't want anyone to see my face because you're so ashamed that you're the one with zits on your face. But you, But at some point in time, you realize, like, hold on. They got zits too. They're dealing with the exact same doggone thing. So my question to you is, what would you say to somebody about valuing their self against the valuation that they give others? It's a great question. So when you, what happens, I believe, is you become crippled when you're when you need to get validation from others. You know, when you feel like you want to get others' appreciation or you want other people to tell you that you're doing good. You know, and I can only speak from, like I said, from my experience and how I overcame that is like 
once I realized, okay, if somebody's judging me based, because that I, I struggled with that, right? I struggled with why are they judging me though? Like I know I was in prison, but why do they judge me? What I found is when people are judging you, it's not a reflection of you, it's a reflection of them. When I realized that, it made me not care about my zit. You know, I remember, even in high school, I had this funny thing. I knew people would make fun of my nose, so I made fun of it first. And if you're watching this, you see, I got a big nose. But it's like the eight mile in Eminem, you know, when he when he did at the end of these doing a rap battle, and before the other guy could start dissing him, he's, he already dissed himself. He said everything he was going to say about him, and he was okay with that. And I just know that you're never going to get the approval of everybody. You know, if I sit right now and have 10 people sitting in front of us right now, and I ask them opinion about things I do as a father, three people are going to tell me, you don't work enough as a father. You should work more because you should provide more for your family. Four people are going to tell me, oh, man, you should be home more, and you should make less money. So if you're trying to get other people's opinions, everybody's got their own opinion. So you're <laughs> never going to be satisfied. And I've done that before. Everybody's got their own opinion, but you're never going to be satisfied. And that leads to a place of now you getting to that place of I don't know who I am. So today I always say I definitely want a lot. Like I'm somebody who likes to be liked. I'm not going to lie to you and say I don't want everybody to like me. But if you don't, that's okay. I'm not going to do things for you to like me. I'm going to try to serve you and do everything I can. But it's not up to me. Again, it starts with me. It's not up to me if you like me or not. Maybe some people don't like me because they're like, who's this guy putting out all this stuff thinking he knows what he's talking about? You know. And now I read that and I'm like, maybe this guy's going through something. Maybe he's going through something that it bothers him what I'm saying. And instead of coming at him like, hey, man, stop commenting on my post or why are you saying something negative? I can come with empathy now. And it's an everyday process, man. It's not It's not like I just got it overnight. You know, it, it's something every day. Very important. That's, that, that's very important. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's no, very, very important because many times, especially with social media, People see, you know, you see guys like Eric Thomas, and I'm, I'm just using him because you mentioned him earlier about how you're looking at him and how he was so happy, and it sparked something inside of you. But many people, and maybe you're looking, maybe there's somebody that's watching this right now, and they see you and how you're maneuvering and what you're speaking about, or maybe they've seen something that I've done. And the thing is, they're looking at our now, and they don't really understand the how, how we got here, the struggles that we went through, the pains that we went through, because at a point now, the way that you're speaking, you can't tell. You don't look like, you don't sound like what you went through. But, you know, it's yeah. just, it doesn't come out in your voice. It doesn't come out in the way that you appear. And that's that's one thing that people are going to look at, you know? Explain that experience, you know? And that's going to be my last question yeah. for us today. But just explain that experience, because many people are going to look at the now, which is the new and improved Joseph, but they don't understand what made the now po uh, possible. Yeah, and it's such a great point, and it's literally why I talk about let's get real. We always do talk about, like, like you know, I, I still like to be vulnerable. Like, look, I'm still struggling with stuff. I still struggle with pride and ego. I still have struggles today, and that's what I want to talk about a lot. I want to talk about like, yes, I know you may see the, oh, wow, he's overcome, he's self-reflecting. But again, I still have zits on my face. And and it's never going to go away. If one zit goes away, another one pops up. Because when I start looking at Joseph, there's always areas in my life I have to work on. And that's where I, you know, now we're in this whole thing, man, this external world. Everybody looks at the external so much. We look at what people have and the business they have. And, and I always say, please don't compare yourself to other people because you never really know what's going on. You never really know what's going on in their life. 
that you may wish you had that, but you don't know what that person actually has going on deep inside their life. And I talk about that a lot because, you know, I, when I bring people on and we share these stories, it's like, like yes, I, I want you to know the real stuff that we're still facing today. Like, look, right now, even me, I hired a coach specifically because I'm in a transition period of my life. I know I want to help people. I just want to figure out how. And I still struggle with, am I doing good enough? I, so I still have all these struggles that I'm facing today, and the struggles don't stop. You know, it's not like you get to this light at the end of the tunnel, and when I made my business successful and I got a podcast now that, like, it's all roses and everything's perfect. No, there's other struggles. So that's what I want to talk about a lot. It's like, yes, we're all struggling, man. We're all struggling with something. You know, and when you see, especially social media, like, it's funny. You look at a family picture. Like, if I posted a family picture at my social media post, um, which I actually haven't done in a long time. But if I posted a picture, you just see the beautiful picture and us on the water and look at the wall. Oh, wow, look at that family. What you didn't see is the kids were crying before. We had to fight the kids to actually get the picture. <laughs> All you saw is the picture. You know what I mean? All you see is that. And, and that's what people are glorified. Like if I were to post a video of my bank account, I'd probably get more views than the videos of me talking about the fears that I have in my life today because that's what people want to see. You know, and, and I want people to get real and have real conversations because we're all struggling with something. We all have, I don't care who you're looking at that you want to be like, you don't know what they have and be careful too, because what you pray for, God will give you. And once you have it, you might be wishing you didn't have it. And that's, that's another thing is people think if I had this, man, if I just had that, I'd be happy. I still tend to do that. I love sneakers, man. I love shoes. And I'm like, man, if I had more shoes, it'd be great. You know, and then, and I catch myself. I'm like, nothing's going to change, man. You get a new pair of shoes, you put them on and they're not new after you wear them once. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it, man. Listen, dude, when you write your book, you make sure you put, it starts with me in there at some point in time and make sure that you put, they got zits too. Cause that's that's going to take you a that's going to take you far right there. They got zits too. I love it, Joseph. How can people get in contact with you? How can they listen to Let's Get Real? So Let's Get Real is on YouTube. So if you just type in my name, it's the best way to find it. Just type in Joseph K A J Y on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can do it on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. And I always say this at the end of the podcast. I really want to connect with people, man. I, that's my passion. This whole podcast thing for me is I want to connect with the community. Like if somebody's listening to this right now, and I mean this, listen, I'm at a place in my life today. Please take advantage of Joseph and his time because I have time right now and I want to give it to people. If they heard this and they're like, you know what? I heard some things Joseph talked about, but I don't know. I, maybe I want to ask him some questions or maybe I just want, maybe he can walk me through something I'm going through and maybe we can just connect. Like, I promise you, if you send me a DM on social media, I'm going to respond and I'm going to get on a phone call with you as soon as possible. I'm so fired up right now in these conversations because I know I'm talking to somebody right now and I'm just wishing they call me. I'm wishing I can help them. And that's just something that was in me. So allow me to use my gift. Let me be selfish. Let me use my gift. And that's where they can find me, man. If you, if you, if you hit me up on any of these platforms, I will message you and I want to connect with you. That's my biggest passion right now. Absolutely. That's 100 Man, Joseph, I really appreciate you. Let me let me let me try your last name. Is it KG? Man, you did it. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I like that you tried it. <laughs> you see that? You don't know what you don't know until you try, man. Yeah. All right. That's I love it. it, man. I love it. Hey, Joseph, I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm 
absolutely going to drop you my uh, my personal cell inside there, man. We got to connect. Get coffee or burger or whatever, man. We we'll go to Nature's Way or something like that. <laughs> whatever, man. Three natives. We got to do it. Let's, Let's make it happen. It, Appreciate you, bro. Take care.